I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Most Haunted City on Earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And I'm JT Timmons. And today we are here with a... Ghost mail. I wasn't sure. I was just making a sound for the fun of it. Oh, it's ghost mail. You've got mail. Yeah. That's the new sound is... Yeah, Chris, do the you got ghost mail. You've got ghost mail. Nice. Yes. Nice. Good little sound bit for you. But yes, we have lots of lots of stories to get into. So we're going to try to make our intros uh, pretty brief here. But JT, you want to give us yes. our new para junkies? Yes, I would love to thank some uh, new para junkies. So let's start with... Let's start with a couple weeks ago. Patrick Welsh with the Paranormal Society of Savannah. Thank Excellent. you for always you? supporting. Uh, AU... Martha Tarr, Amanda, Brandy W, Sarah Tremblay, Jerica Barcelo, Brianna, Masa Richard, David Hernandez, Melissa Mayfair, and Laura Bennett. Thank you all so much, and we're excited to get you a bunch of really, really cool stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you like live streams and things of that nature, yes. we have plenty of things planned out uh, for the future. Yes, we do. Of different investigations and stuff. And the pair of junkies always get first access to the live streams um, mm -hmm. and sometimes private live streams. So, yep. if you want to see us do oogity boogity type activities Indeed. and get woogity woogities, that's right. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. definitely join Patreon. Yeah. You might yes. even catch some heebie-jeebies. Yeah, ooh, if you're Who lucky. Knows, if you're lucky. And yes. guess what? Everything, and I mean everything, is ad-free. Boom. Para-junkies do not get ads. They get just constant content that they can just binge, 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 binge. Bam. So, bam. Bam. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then speaking of what para-junkies get, uh, the radio play dropped. Yeah. And I was like... I got so many messages and comments and everything just saying like how cool it was. And we were like, thank it you. really does sound like, cool. You did a we, very good job on that. Thank you. Well, we all worked really, really hard on it. And, um, and it's just episode one and it confirmed what I suspected, uh, that we definitely need to, you know, make more. Yeah, um, it's fun. You know, it is fun. It is fun. And I, I want, uh, I want, I'm going to, I'm currently writing episode two, but you know, Chris is a writer too. And so, you know, he and I, I'm sure we'll jump into, you know, some episodes and yeah, it's just going to be fun. Collaborative effort, uh, effort between, um, you know, all of us. So yeah. Yeah, Patrick's a great really writer cool. too. Oh yes, yeah, he Patrick, is. Let's get Patrick in on it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Patrick who plays Dr. Gaust in it. Um, yeah, he's one of our favorite people to yeah. work with. So just yeah. in general, he's yeah. one of our favorite people. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, Madison and I, are going to Hawaii. Yeah. We are going to Hawaii and we are going to be doing Parajunkie exclusives there. When are you going? Uh, it's July is 3rd through the 12th. 
Yeah. Third through the 12th. So we we're doing. We technically arrived back in Savannah on the 13th. On the 13th. Because okay. time zones are weird. Yes. And so, you <laughs> the know. The sun. Am I right? I know. How dare it <laughs> confuse me. So, yeah. Uh, we're doing that. And that'll be dummy fun. And we're going to talk about. Um, we're about marching the, the, the marching spirits. Which, everybody's been hitting me up about these marching spirits. Yeah. And I'm just like, listen, y'all, <laughs> we're saving it. You got to give me time to get over to the to the islands before yes. we talk about it. Um, no, I will not be bringing anything back with me. For those of you who know, who, who know, you know, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of superstition with Hawaii in general. Oh, yeah. We will not be bringing anything back with us and hopefully not bringing any spirits back with us as well. But yes, um, you never can tell. You never can tell. Yeah. I will have to tune in to see what uh, what transpires. Polynesian spirits or angry Polynesian gods, uh, because JT is going to upset a Polynesian god. Um, Of course. I'm going to piss him off. That's the the only. The only way to go about it. Your existence just pisses just them off. kidding. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the stories. But before we do, um, just want to go ahead and clarify that Madison and I were uh, making Noki last night, which required us to take our wedding rings off. We forgot our wedding rings. And so for everyone watching on YouTube, none of we are not wearing our wedding rings. But yes, our relationship is A-OK. That's, I also, that's a bold-faced lie. <laughs> right. They just, they're just putting up a brave front. They were just crying. Crying hysterically before we started. Clearly, yes. I had yeah. a mental breakdown. Exactly. You know, yeah. I dyed my hair. I'm, I'm not. This is the okay, only time they're clearly. going to speak to each other all yeah, day. Absolutely. Yeah. Engage in the comments, if you will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Bring it. Anyway, just had to clarify for you too. All right. He was so concerned about this. Yeah. I, I was like, I we're want, not wearing our wedding rings. I want you to know. That no. I'm just a very forgetful human being. Um, so I well, I'm always wearing it. So they're going to be like, like the, the, we have, we have some people that like look really, really closely at everything and they're, you know, they might be like, oh no. I, I, like, are, are they doing okay? And I'm like, they're rings. <laughs> it's okay. And still, yeah, it, they're yeah, symbols yeah. of our love. <laughs> it's okay to take them off. Your love doesn't dissipate or disappear when you're it not wearing your ring. Apparently. Although I am wearing my ring because I actually love my wife. Oh! <laughs> Although, if you've never seen JT's wedding ring, it's super dope. It it's, is. Um, it's a cemetery. Yes, it engraved is. onto it. She knew exactly what I love. Yes, she's she didn't like. Want a, he didn't want a gold cemetery. band or no, like. Oh, cemetery. Well, for a while there, you had one, and it, it's been a drama with his rings and stuff. Yeah, because I, I bust them, break them, scratch them, even if they're like high quality. Like I'm messing them up because I'm always doing some crazy stuff with like filmmaking or whatever. But then it's like, you know, we got to get into ghost mail. Let's anyway, go ahead sorry. and jump on into ghost rings. Mail. I have about rings. All right. Let's do All it. Right. Let's do it. Let's do it. We got some good ghost mail sent in. Y'all, if you want to uh, send in your personal stories, uh, you know, send in to ghost mail at hauntedcitypodcast.com. Okay, oh, yeah. So let's start out with my many ghost stories and strange abilities from Cat. Okay, Cat. <clears throat> Hello. My name is Kat. I'm about to tell you the stories my friends refute, refuse, not refute, but I'm sure they refute as well, uh, to believe until they started experiencing spooky things around me. I have many, many stories, but we'll try to keep this short and sweet and only mention the important ones. I'm Cuban, and in our culture, the majority of us practice Yoruba religion and Santeria. Um, I don't actively practice Santeria, but I 
not sure if I experience all these things because of our culture and ancestors. I first started experiencing things around the time I was 10. My family kept from me the fact that my grandfather had passed away. I thought they'd be upset if I ever, uh, I, I thought they'd be upset if I ever brought up the fact that he would visit at night and told me he would be an angel watching over me from now on. So I never brought it up. I was always curious about spirits and psychics, but for many years, I did not have any more experiences. It wasn't until the age of 15 where I knew the exact time an aunt of mine who had cancer passed away. I would see my relatives show up around my house after they passed away, but only for a brief moment. I would get the sensation of fainting around my family, and then out of nowhere, things would start to fall and break in different areas of my house. It was always small things like this that would go on, but it wasn't until I dated someone who practiced the religion that things went south really quick. I had a pregnancy and experienced sleep paralysis for the first time. A man showed up who I believe was one of the Yoruba saints and pointed at my stomach. The next day, I experienced a miscarriage. The relationship did not work out because the man I was dating turned out to be an absolute lunatic. Um, when I broke up with him, he mentioned he would send all his saints to haunt me and make my life a living hell. I did not believe wow. him. I don't think that's how saints operate, but, you know, um, he can try. <laughs> I did not believe him, and I moved back into my parents' house. I spent a total of three months without sleeping. I experienced the most terrifying sleep paralysis of my, life's, of my life every single night. I would have out-of-body uh, out experiences, and everything would look just like the Insidious movies. Ugh. I would come back and try to go inside my body, but evil spirits would be surrounding me, telling me I would never be able to go back in. I would spend the entire night fighting demons to try and come back. Every time I would try, my body would feel like it was ha I was having a seizure trying to gain control of my body. Had uh, similar experiences every night, but the worst one was a night I saw him. I saw a man with a goat face, a man's torso, and goat legs. He came up to me and would breathe heavy on my face. At the time, I didn't know what I had seen. I started researching and found out it was Satan himself. At this point, I thought I was insane and got myself checked out, but it turns out I was fine, and doctor just told me they were vivid nightmares. Wow. That's saying that lightly. Uh, <laughs> I decided to stand up to these entities and began to pray every night. After that, my senses became stronger, and I never saw them again. I do, however, now sense spirits all around and not only see them, but they can communicate things to me through emotions and through my thoughts. My friends and strangers' spirits that I would know nothing about would come forward, which only validates everything I experience is real. Voices that would tell me things before they would happen. For example, a coworker of mine's mom ended up in the hospital. Before it happened, a voice had told me to ask him about his mom. Minutes later, my coworker got the call that his mom was in the hospital. Another time, I wanted to go to the beach real bad, and this voice told me that it would be dangerous. I decided not to listen and ignored that bad feeling that something terrible is about to happen. I got stuck in a tide and nearly drowned. 
as I was drowning, the voice told me, I told you so. That's just rude. It's like, mean. It's like, if you can do that, at least help out, you know? Jeez. Jeez. Uh, luckily, my boyfriend, not the crazy one, saw me struggling and saved my life. Any advice on how to navigate these new abilities and further understand them? Why do you think this is happening and would this make me psychic? If so, what kind? Best regards, Kat. Oh. Well, all righty then. Well, like that is intense. Walking um, straight into mediumship right there. Literally. Yeah, uh, which is kind of the classic story of mediumship oftentimes is a family member mm-hmm. um, becomes your spirit guide, knowing that you are entering into that kind of paradigm where you are suddenly aware or vulnerable to spiritual influence. Um, yeah, oftentimes a family member will step up and become your spirit guide. Uh, I think that's, that's, that's a classic story. I've heard it many, many times mm-hmm. over that, you know, family members will be like, I, I will be the shield between mm-hmm. you right. and all of these things. Cause a lot of mediums, they can communicate to a, a wide array of, of spirits through their spirit guide. They don't take the barrage of all these different spirits. Um, and that's for the best, especially when you start talking about Yoruba and Santeria and uh, because they, there's a lot of derivation of, of divine entities. Mm-hmm. When you say, I don't think saints would behave that way, you have to understand that every time a religion assigns, or a belief structure, excuse me, assigns uh, attributes to spiritual entities, there could be a lot of changes that go on. Sure. There could be a lot of different ways of going about it, you know, um, so you'll hear that the reckless nature of a lot of divine spirits are, in fact, because they are fulfilling roles that are kind of made up. Even, even the goat-headed, goat-legged Satan figure, that is an assignment, you know, um, because if you go back far enough, you start to realize that these were pagan images that the Christians sought to quell and so assigned them to demons and devils and, and things like that. So, you know, the, the look of Satan is actually based on a prominent pagan symbol that had nothing to do with Satan, that had nothing yeah. to do with evil, that had nothing to do with all these things. But by assignment, it became what we recognize and then becomes very much like, if you see it, it's, it's not good news. You're not, you're not, yeah. you're, not you're not running up against Baphomet. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not coming up against the original spirit that was, that, that was assigned these, these attributes. Mm-hmm. You are now dealing with the interpretation that has been passed down and passed down and passed down. Um, the, the Satan and the great Satan are concepts that needed a vessel, which need, you know, something that we can recognize. And that's why a lot of people will, will equate those things. But it's also compatible. Right. Because once you can kind of get around the idea that these are beliefs. Yeah. And that your belief can protect you. 
Um, and that is, you know, that's that's the road you're on, I believe. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like whatever it was understood the assignment. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so when I say, like, saints uh, wouldn't operate in that way, I think more so what I'm trying to convey here is um, <laughs> is a lot of people, and now, mind you, I am not an expert in either of these practices because they are closed practices and there's very little information available to the public. So take this with a grain of salt. But a lot of times- Black salt. You're ridiculous. Although, you know, yes, very protective. Good good on you, gold sticker. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, so a lot of people like to believe that they have control over deities, which is just wrong. Um, they like to- use think that when they're working with a deity of any form that they will go do their bidding or that they have any say over the deity's free reign and that's just not it um, most deities will swiftly prove you wrong and that is not to say that there are not deities out there that are not down with baneful magic or you know baneful practice in general because uh, there are plenty of them but to tell somebody, to go as far to tell somebody that they're going to send their saints to haunt you for eternity is really high hopes for, yeah. in their no, regard no. Um, because they're not in that type of relationship more than likely. Um, now, they could believe they're sending their saints and they're sending totally different entities than what they think they're sending you, which is very possible as to why you saw that influx of... How powerful does it have to be to do that? What do you mean? Like, like to who? send... A, you can... If you're working with entities in that way and you have kind of like contracts in that nature, like contracts. of saying... Well, that's how everything operates is under okay. of like, I'm going to do this if you give me this in return. Mm. That's how a lot of magic mm. operates, especially with baneful magic, because that is, there's no entity out there that's going to do that for free. Right. Um, and, you know, the classic is that it, you know, any, any baneful act that you, you put on another, you're taking on, you know, threefold or sevenfold. Mm -hmm. You know, right. you're actually um, willing to sacrifice what Whatever it is that you're trying to do to another person. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, that is that is kind of the you know I accept those responsibilities, and not that it always happens, but it is the risk you run. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and and it's about belief. It's it's about how solidly you believe, how how meticulous you are in your in your construction of ritual and and your your obedience to ritual and your belief that the ritual will work, and um and you do not have control over which spirit, um, chooses to pick it up, picks it up, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you know because. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's 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 the Star Wars thing. You know, uh, uh, the dark side is very quick. You know, you you, yeah. you 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 ask and you get. You know, it's a it's a very fast thing. But the fast thing is not always going to be the best thing. It's not always going to be the uh, the the pure thing that you're hoping for. Mm -hmm. 
uh, things that respond fast are things that want to make the deal, that want to do things oh, yeah. fast. Right. And so those deals you're making with with nefarious spirits that are just trying to, to have a foothold in mm-hmm. our world. Yeah, it sounds like we all need to learn the fiddle. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are in Georgia. Yes. Well, to wrap that up, though, um, I completely agree with Chris that it sounds like you're in this state of mediumship and that mm-hmm. is, would, yes, consider you a psychic. Definitely the fact that you have the claircognizance, you have the clairsentience, which is the feeling, the spirits, and the... Um, all that you have some levels of clear audience as well. Sounds like you're very in tune and starting to balance out all of those abilities. So I would say a good next step is while you're in that process of figuring out um, how to balance them is learning ways to protect your energy. Mm. That's a really good first step um, just because you are now going to be a beacon of sorts. And it sounds like you have a lot of entities and spirit guides and things around you that are protecting you, but you also have to put in the effort to try to keep yourself closed off. Otherwise you're going to start getting really drained. A lot of times you have to learn how to close that door to a certain level because entities and spirits in general do not operate on the same time schedule as we do or have any understanding. And if they if they get a hold of you for a second, they're going to take the opportunity if they really need to convey something to you. So if you have spirits like that around you all the time, you're going to have your energy just drained from you often. And you'll sometimes find yourself getting more sick, sometimes feeling a little bit more run down. And so it's important to learn with that and see what works for you to help close off your energy and to set those boundaries in place of entities. But that's just my personal two cents. Um, Cause from experience, I also had to learn how to do that to a certain degree. So, um, right. but yeah, it sounds like you are a very powerful medium as well, which is very exciting, very exciting news for you. Oh yeah. But. All right. Thank you so much for sending that one in cat. We appreciate it. We do, we do. Alrighty. On to the next one. On to the next one. All right. So, this one is titled Haunted House Ouija Board Mimics and Face Punching. Ooh. Okay. From Danielle. All right. That's like all the the fun stuff. Yeah. 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 It's like the four. Oh, well, right. that's just a Tuesday night. Hi, ah, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's just a Tuesday. <laughs> Hi, all. I am so happy to have stumbled across your podcast. I've been binging it nonstop since I discovered it. Thank Thanks you very so much, much for yeah. listening. I hope the story isn't too long, but I will try to keep it as short as possible. Like many listeners, I have had countless paranormal experiences and have had an interest in everything supernatural my entire life. One of my first memories is of my grandpa happily waving at me at his own funeral. Oh, cute. (laughs) I was so confused why everyone was so sad and couldn't see him. My most terrifying experiences occurred at uh, a home I lived in from the age of 12 to 16. Um, Now, she did share with us the address. This is in Illinois, um, which haunted state in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will not be sharing that, but... But for your reference, Illinois. Illinois. So. I just got back. Yes. Yeah. Creepy state. <laughs> Land of Lincoln. <laughs> okay. 
Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of trivia for him. Yeah. Yes. Chicago Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's just the first thing that popped okay, in my baby. head. Anyways. <laughs> When I was in fifth grade, my parents built a large house in a relatively secluded location in northern Illinois. Uh, We were the first home in a brand new subdivision and didn't really have nearby neighbors. We were surrounded by farmland and other subdivisions with homes spaced somewhat far from one another. We had two acres of land and a forest with a small lake in the backyard. All of this sounds wonderful, but it was unnerving being so secluded. My only knowledge of the history of the area is that there were a couple of Irish settlers that made their home in the area around 1840, and there was a very old Irish cemetery nearby. The lake I was living on was called Bonnie Lake, which was supposedly named after the daughter of the farmer that originally owned the land. There were some strange occurrences there the first couple of years, like hearing running in the halls at night and a terribly strong fear my two sisters and I had of the laundry chute, which is creepy. I mean, having a hole in the middle of your house that just shoots down to a different room feels unnerving. I don't know why, but it just does. So, yeah, you know, I could see as a child being afraid of the weird hole in the house. Or eventually climbing into it. That's That's true. Those are the the, the, the two choices you have. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I would have done that. Yeah. Now, things really picked up when my sisters and I regular, started regularly using a Ouija board. <sighs> Not surprising. Um, one or all of us would have friends sleep over during the weekends and summers. The Ouija board was a staple of most of these get-togethers. It worked better and better every time yeah. because you're forming a relationship with it. That makes sense. Um, we used it so often that I can only remember a few instances that stick out. The first time I became actually concerned with the board was when I was about 13 to 14 and my friend Jenny and I were using it while my little sister Hannah and her friend Haley were in the room. I knew that my sister's friend's family had recently found a disturbing journal in their attic that detailed the mental collapse of the previous owner who had killed himself in the house. Uh -uh. Okay. Uh, When the board said it wanted to talk to Haley, she asked if it was the man who killed himself in the home. The board said, yes, only Jenny and I were touching the board. So she asked some personal questions we wouldn't know, including what her locker combination was. All of the answers were correct. This made everything feel more real. The running in the halls at night got louder and louder. I would frequently feel an unseen hand touch mine and hear my name whispered often. I also started waking up every morning at 3 a.m. with the terrifying feeling someone was watching me. One of these nights at 3 a.m., I was so thirsty, I mustered up the courage to go downstairs to get water. My room was the first one at the top of the stairs, so I stepped out of my room and looked down the stairs. What I saw terrified me. There was a woman on the stairs looking at our family pictures. I was scared stiff and watched her. She eventually slowly looked at me and we made eye contact but for what felt like five minutes but was probably 30 seconds. I ran to my room and hid under the covers. What was strange about this woman was that she was 3D but in black and white. She looked exactly like this black and white photo of my grandma who, that I often admired. But the woman on the stairs had dead eyes, and her stare filled me with dread. I was afraid if I told anyone, they would think I was crazy, so I kept it to myself. Something similar happened months later. We had a bathroom with a mirror that reflected the same set of stairs. 
I was in that bathroom messing with my hair when I was, I saw my younger sister in the reflection of the glass looking at me. She was crouched down on the stairs with her face between the bars. I thought this was odd because she was around 10 at the time and she was in a position that would expect a much younger child to be in. I was still doing my hair, so I did not turn away from the mirror. Looking at her in the mirror, I laughed and said, hey, Hannah, what's up? She just stared at me in the mirror. I kept asking her what she was doing and she never answered. She just watched me. I eventually started to feel creeped out and turned around to ask her what her problem was. No one was on the stairs. I quickly hurried away from the stairs and let the sink in. I then realized how the look in my sister's eyes were similar to the look in the black and white woman's eyes. I again felt crazy and kept it to myself. After this, I started hearing a woman whisper my name directly into my ear, which sent me running every single time. I also heard a man's voice much deeper than my dad's voice scream my name in the middle of the night. I woke my dad up and after confirming it wasn't him, made him search the house. I was genuinely concerned with my mental health until one night when I had two friends sleeping over. We were home alone, so my parents turned on our alarm before they left. This alarm was loud and flashlights when triggered. Even when it was off, you would hear a series of beeps each time a window or door was opened. My friends and I played music in the basement, then came to the main floor to have a drink in the kitchen. While we were talking, I heard someone walking around the top floor. I eventually got my friends to quiet down and they heard it too. As we were listening, we heard a drawer in my room at the top of the stairs slam. So we ran and locked ourselves in the base or in the bathroom at the bottom of the stairs. While in the bathroom, we could hear what sounded like my room being ransacked. Drawers and doors were slamming and things were being thrown around. We didn't want to call 911 because we didn't want to be heard. So I texted my parents to come home and that someone was in the house. All of a sudden, the noise stopped. We heard slow footsteps walking down the stairs. We could hear my dog rush toward the foot of the stairs, then his toy being thrown across the room and him running after the toy. We stayed silent until we heard my parents come home and set off the alarm. We were sure someone was still in the house because it was my parents who triggered the alarm, but no one was found and everything in my room was in place. My family then started to notice the paranormal activity. I hated my room at this point, so I would sleep and basically live in our upstairs den. My older sister, Taylor, would occasionally hang out in my room, I guess for a change of scenery. And one day she came running out of the room into the den and told me that while sitting on my bed, the TV remote levitated for a moment and then flew into the wall. She then proceeded to tell me that she would call her boyfriend at night when she wasn't supposed to and would often hear movements in the hallway and see shadows. Expecting it to be my parents about to catch her, she would hide her phone and check the hall. No one would be there. This corresponded with me hearing frequent running in the halls. My older sister would also tell me that she could hear her name called from the woods while she waited for her bus. Bruh. Really haunted house, but we had our own bus stop since we didn't have many neighbors at the time, but waited at the stop at different times because we went to different schools. Taylor was in high school, 10th grade, and I was in middle school, 8th grade, and Hannah was in elementary school, 4th grade. No one should have been out there other than her, and she could never see anyone when she looked into the woods after hearing her name. 
Everyone in my family had two experiences that I slept through. Both were at 3 a.m., which was odd because most nights I was woken up at 3 a.m. The first one happened in the middle of winter. Our back patio door was flung open and our alarm was triggered, which woke everyone except for me up. We were very diligently and uh, very diligent about locking doors. It was dangerously cold outside and there were several inches of snow. We don't know how someone managed to open the door or why someone would be outside in this secluded area in the winter. Everyone in the family besides me was woken up another time by my dad screaming. He and my mom fell asleep in the living room and he was woken up by being punched in the face. He was so distraught that he started screaming, accusing my mom of punching him. However, uh, she was asleep before he woke her up yelling, and I don't think she is so unhinged that she would punch a sleeping person in the face. Yeah, this is, this is so Amityville horror. It really is. Goodness gracious. When my parents divorced, we eventually moved out of the house. I used the Ouija board a few more times after moving and have more stories about that if you want to know more. Basically, every time I pulled it out, it would work immediately, but how, whoever I spoke with was violent, aggressive, and seemed demonic, because it probably was. Um, after having an especially scary experience using it with friends on Halloween, I had my friend throw it out of my car at a stop sign on our drive home. I drove by with my mom early in the next morning to see if the Ouija board was where I left it, but it was gone. It might not be all the board's fault because other people in the area experience paranormal activity. Someone who eventually moved to our street told my mom that she was tired of her son always closing all their blinds. She sent him to reform school at some point and then told my mom that the bl- over blinds, over blinds? <laughs> um, and told my mom that the blinds were still mysteriously closing on their own. I also had a friend that moved around the corner. His house backed up to the same woods. His dad woke up one night and saw a man going through the jewelry on the dresser. The man saw my friend's dad, looked at him in the eye, calmly said, boo, and then disappeared. What? (laughs) If you actually read this, I hope it was worth the long read. And thank you for providing me with so much spooky quality content. Thanks again, Danielle. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. I figured that was appropriate. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> like a, as a well. lot to unpack. Uh, a um, lot to unpack. And I don't know, <clears throat> we, we've definitely spoken against Ouija boards on, on multiple occasions, but I don't know if I've ever proffered my, my full theory of a Ouija board. Um, and that is basically uh, there's only one spirit per board. When you initiate a contact, the biggest and strongest spirit in the area will come to the board. It's basically like a, turning a light on in the dark. And all of these spirits are just milling around in the dark. They see a light and they go for it and they fight over it. Mm. And once you've established, and that's why it starts haltingly, mm-hmm. is because you're sometimes talking through a fight. But once that strongest, most powerful entity 
gets hold of the board, and it's not always a bad entity, but mostly yeah. think about what's going to be the strongest and what's going to be the fiercest and what's going to fight the hardest. Once mm-hmm. it has its hands on that board, once it's got its communication tool, it's not letting it go. Mm-mm. And uh, one of the clearest indications was um, there's a Ouija board story in there that I'll tell one day, but it, it it's that you'll notice things like no matter who you're talking to, you might be talking to, you know, oh, uh, I, I've got this person, June, uh, uh, talking through the Ouija board, or I got this guy, uh, Timothy, on, on the Ouija board. Pay attention to the fact that they sometimes spell words wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, the, they spell the same words wrong. It's because you're not talking to multiple people. You're talking to one that's just so into the connection. Mm-hmm. They want every bit of that connection. And the more connection you give it, the more strength it has and the more power it has. And you did the right thing by throwing it out and not destroying it. Yes. Because, of course, destroying a Ouija board releases whatever spirit is holding on to it because it is a door. And if you crack the door open, the spirit comes out. Mm-hmm. Before she said that, I was going to ask publicly on this podcast if she could send it to us because, because no, no, no hear, we, hear me out. I don't want we're, it. We're looking at we're looking at creating like an actual set over there in the office for this, and I was like, oh, it'd be perfect for the set. This is, <laughs> like, this is how all of our stuff will get burned down. We're gonna like, like I'm thinking we'll have a doll wall, and then we can have that Ouija board, but it's gone. Now, why on Dang. earth would you do that to me? Because like, I love you. Anyway, you can you can uh, construct a Ouija board and never use it, and then for decoration purposes, it's fine. I know, but this one's um, special. Oftentimes, if you go and buy, we don't need a special <laughs> board. Um, and 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 that is one bit of what's going on. But um, I find it interesting that you 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 yeah. are living on uh, what was formerly Irish land because mm-hmm. a lot of that activity mm-hmm. does sound like the kind of thing that Irish folklore and Irish superstition plays on a lot of it, you know? Um, and what you realize is when people come to uh, a new world or when they're, when they're trying to start up a new life, they are using every bit of their own superstitions, their own folklore, their own beliefs, and they are infusing it into the region, into the area. They're giving a little bit of their home to the land. And so, um, Mirror entities, you know, uh, doppelgangers, that kind of notion is a spirit that is trapped in a mirror can absolutely adopt the look of anybody who looks into the mirror. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so when you see something in the mirror and you turn around and it's not there, that is a little flex on the mirror spirit's part. Um, seeing a, a ghost that you liken to a photograph that you like, that's another mimic trick utilizing something in your mind trying to be uh, approachable. It's like, oh, you have a picture on your wall. Well, I will emulate the picture Mm -hmm. so that you don't freak out when you see me so you will come closer, (laughs) so that you will, you know, engage with me, so that you will have a relationship with me. So, yeah, lots of very classic uh, haunting situations that fall into line with uh, old folklore and, and, you know, when I use the word folklore, I'm oftentimes just talking about old religions, old beliefs. Um, folklore is what we've, we've categorized as, as past common usage. Um, but those beliefs are strong and the superstitions are strong and we still do a lot of those things. We still knock on wood. 
mm-hmm. you know, to keep the the spirits from hearing our I thoughts. I don't split a pole. Yeah. I don't split a pole. There you go. He actually gets really upset if you split a pole with him. Um, yeah, if so, I like you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it sounds to me like there were a lot of entities, land entities in general, um, a lot of mimics. Because the, what concerned me was that, first off, it requested, when you were doing the Ouija board, first red flag was when it requested that one girl. By name. By right. name. Absolutely. That's concerning. Knowing your name is, a, is never a good thing. It's never <laughs> a good sign. Um, and then you were hearing your name. Your mm-hmm. sister was hearing her name. That sounds to me like something that has now formed a relationship and a bond with your family. And so I thought about I, I actually didn't think about relationship. I thought more dominant because if it if it know if it knows if it shows you that it knows your name and it's constantly whispering that into your ear and whatnot, it's like, what is your name? It is who you are. It is like the, the, it's kind of like the wrapping paper on the gift, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's what you are. And, uh, and I feel like it's kind of like, Hey, I know, I know who you are. I know your name and you know, I'm not far from you. The strongest magic is name magic. Like, you know, if you know a demon's name, you know, we talk about, you know, you never say a demon's name because it's an evocation. Yeah. But if you have to fight a demon, you need to know its name in right. order to fight it. So it is it is very much the rules of the game mm-hmm. is um, protect your name, shroud your name. And, and in, in cultures all around the world, the knowledge of sharing your name as as a power move, yep. as something that you, you do not necessarily want to do, you know. Um, yeah, you're, you're supposed to keep your name secret, conceptually and only and only share it with the people that you absolutely love but we become a name dominant society where your name is yep. you know your identity so yeah yeah no it's 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 scary to have something like if it's if it's a family member that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. but if it's just some random spirit it should reaching out from the void yeah from the woods from abs- the woods absolutely yeah. not yeah no um Definitely send us more of your stories from your haunted house because that was enthralling. Absolutely. Um, But thank you guys so much for sending in all the stories that y'all sent in. Uh, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. But with that, my name is Madison Timmons. And I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.